Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast today. We pay our respect to the elders of all of the lands on which we meet across Australia. Hi everyone, welcome to Freedom of Species, the radio show that brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. My name's Trevor and I'm with Carolyn today. Hello, how are you? uh, Yeah, I'd like to acknowledge we are on the lands of the Wurundjeri people and this land was stolen, sovereignty was never ceded and to keep that in mind in everything that we do. Mm. Today we have a special guest. We do, we do. We're being joined by Christy Alger, who has been on the show before and is a fantastic activist and author. And we're going to talk about a number of things today. Um, We're going to discuss total liberation and what it is and what it looks like. We're also going to discuss what it means to be a consistent ally. And in that section, we actually will be discussing the events of the last week with the UK person, so-called Posey Parker, who has recently been in Australia and New Zealand. So I will put out a content warning about that. And then we're going to close our discussion with um, with Christy discussing how do we deal with differences? How do we address misunderstandings slash uh, differences of opinion while not giving any um, free passes to bigotry in any form. So we've got lots and lots of things to discuss. It's going to be fantastic. We really, really love Christy and it's fantastic to have her on the show and we appreciate her coming on the show short notice as well. Yeah, so with the magic of radio, we're getting this phone call ready to go live to air and uh, I think we might have Christy with us now. Are you there, Christy? We can't hear. Is there uh, one of these that has to be on? Bear with us. We're we're almost there, I think. How about we try now? Is that you, Christy? It is me. Whoa. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Welcome and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm pleased to be here and on time this time. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. So it's been a little while since we've had you on the show and do you want to give people a quick sort of wrap up on, on what you've been doing in sort of the last year or so? Oh, crikey. Um, okay, so there's been a lot going on. Yeah. Um, since we last spoke, what was that? Was that 2021, start of 2021? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Yeah, um, so I've been up to mischief and no good <laughs> and hijinks. Um, been doing... Um, some protest work with the Bob Brown Foundation in logging coops across the state um, and mm. shut down a lot of um, 
logging operations through locking on, um, which has been really good, you know, protecting animal habitats and, and bringing to light exactly what's happening out there. Um, yeah. So that's been fun. Um, been going to court a lot as a result. So <laughs> That's not as fun. <laughs> oh, look, you know, half of the course, really. And, and it is quite nice to go into a courtroom wearing a deliberately inflammatory T-shirt or hoodie, so, you know, <laughs> uh, you've got to get your fun where you can. Yeah. Um, I've been working on my second book, um, which is hopefully going to be coming out in the, the coming months. Um, looking at the human relationship with animals through the carceral lens. A lot of um, mm. historical pieces being pulled together from the Trove um, online newspapers, which um, which has been really, really fascinating to delve into. Mm. Um, and I've been doing the usual, taking in abandoned animals, especially rabbits, and um, getting an ADHD diagnosis, starting medication. Yeah. So it's been a full-on couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I've heard that can be a real pain as well, getting the diagnosis. They don't make it easy. Well, it was funny because I was one of the very few people to actually have a very easy time of it. Oh, I had wow. a GP who was willing to put me in contact with the people who needed to be put in contact with immediately, and it was just very smooth sailing, which is not the normal normal situation. It only took two months from first contact with the GP to getting a diagnosis. So, wow. mm. Yeah. Magic. <laughs> yeah, you'll take that. Yeah. Take those wins when you can. Yeah. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you joining us. So why don't we sort of dive in and let's talk about um, total liberation. So Love to. Would anyone mm. like to kick off with that or? I'll let yeah. you go start. It's your show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, look, um, I guess we can define total liberation as a political philosophy and a movement that is combining anarchism with a commitment to animal and earth liberation. So, more traditional, Mm. I guess, approaches to anarchism primarily focus on opposing the state and capitalism. Total liberation is also concerned with opposing all additional forms of human oppression, as well as the oppression of other animals and ecosystems. So, yep, that sounds, I think you've wrapped that up perfectly. It's, it's very much all of those things, yeah. Yeah. And for people that might not have heard of this concept before or know much about these things, I guess a more, maybe a, an, a simpler worded version is to me, it's just, it's, it's similar to what, say, veganism is, it's similar to what anti racism is, or to what you know, feminism is, but it's it's applying those same principles that are present in all of those social justice issues to everything in life across the board. So wherever there happens to be an an oppression or an injustice or or something like that, to to have that same like another term that gets used is consistent anti oppression, mm-hmm. which is a yep. sort of more um, matter of fact terminology that sort of might be easier for people to understand. But that's total liberation yeah. sort of goes hand in hand with that. Yeah. Most yeah, definitely. very much so. It's it's you know recognizing where it's recognizing each other's humanity. It's recognizing each other's rights. It's recognizing you know our inherent beingness. I guess um, when it comes to your know, animals, when it comes to the, your know, forest. Um, my work in the forest, I now no longer view a forest as a static thing that needs to be defended. They're these vibrant living ecosystems that are just they're not they're not devoid of 
um, rights, I guess. Um, mm. And it's recognising that all of that intersects in society and that we are all tied to one another, that our liberation is tied to one another. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also um, trying to be aware <clears throat> so that you can discover or or learn about some of the uneven situations that our world creates that seem normal because it is the status quo and mm. and being able to sort of take off the blinders and 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 be able to take a step back and look at things through that different lens of that you know liberation lens and yeah. and trying to critically think about well is this okay just because it's always been done this way mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people are used to that on individual issues but mm, but mm. applying that across the board and being able to think well does that also affect people with disabilities does that yeah. also affect you know lots of different things so yeah, yeah the yeah. whole concept of you know taking off the blinkers that's something that every vegan has experienced mm. um you know we've all had that moment where you know you see something or you read something or you talk to somebody about it and you go hang on i've just been offered a view into that world and I now have to critically examine my, my role in that world and how I participate in it. Um, and so with total liberation, it's windows everywhere. And it can feel overwhelming sometimes. Mm, well, yeah. I'll admit that sometimes when you, you think you're finally getting on top of things and going, okay, so I understand looking through this window, looking through that window, okay, and then another window comes open and you're like, oh, God, all right. And so you can actually feel a little bit desperate and overwhelmed. Mm. But I think when you're actually involved in the circles of people who really are exploring total liberation, there is so much understanding where we're actually prepared to sit and go, okay, well, you don't have to feel overwhelmed and attend everything and be an expert in everything the second you hear about it. Let's talk. And I think that's the, the fundamental thing about total liberation is it's, a constant dialogue between people who have the same idea about the world that we can live in, but might be looking through different windows and coming together. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting you said that it's, it can be difficult or there can be Mm. those, those, um, you know, challenges, especially if you're sort of new to it or you're, you're coming into knowledge that you didn't have before, or you're sort of discovering an issue that you've never really dived into before. And I think a lot of people will sometimes get too overwhelmed with that and they might mm-hmm. take it personally. They might think that they're being rejected, they're not being good enough or they're being criticised by people because um, they they aren't perfect. Um, I'm just wondering, Christy, if you've got any experiences with that or advice for people who are in that situation where they're... Because obviously none of us are perfect and we're all learning and we've mm-hmm. all been at different stages of knowledge and, and people who are brand new are yep. going to be right at the, you know, behind the eight ball. And hopefully we're committed to continue learning Mm. all the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of specific circumstances in my mind that I could think of um, that I wouldn't want to speak about online because I actually know the people personally. Um, So it's probably best to speak to one of my own experiences. Yeah. So this is a few years back and it was the New Year's Eve of 2018 and um, Animal Liberation Tasmania had a stall at the Falls Festival so, you know, we were working during the day and partying at night and it was a great time, generally speaking, but this was after the Lover Duck um, slaughterhouse occupation. Uh, and I was starting to get really amped up about things, you know. It was like, I've got an online presence, people respect me, they're looking up to me, um, we've done this occupation, we're organising things, 
I'm unbeatable, I'm unstoppable. And I was actually beginning to centre myself in the struggle against animal oppression. I was starting to become that sort of, um, it's about me and my ideas and where we're going and, you know, I'm the name, I'm the voice sort of thing. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a spokesperson, like you were sort of like really centering the that. spokesperson, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, the newspapers are coming to me for my opinion on these things, you know, oh, my God, I must be, you know, I'm it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, we were drinking and we were, um, we were talking about some things, you know, me and my friends and, you know, drinking can often lead to moments of clarity and honesty and they said to me, your ego is overtaking your passion for liberation. You are centering yourself. You are saying some deeply problematic things. If you don't pull yourself back, you're just going to turn into another, you know, name as opposed to actually doing anything right. And at the the moment, it was really devastating and there were tears and there was snot and it was was quite (laughs) emotional. But they pulled me into line with love and gentleness, recognising what I was trying to do and warning me of the pitfalls. And so mm-hmm. now, like, it's still very easy to get carried away with that, you know, like, I've got a book out, I'm going to be speaking at Dominion, Freedom mm-hmm. of Species want me on the radio, this is fantastic, and you just feel your, your adrenaline rising, you know, and you're feeling like, this is great. But then I've got those voices of the best friends I could ever have in my head saying, scale it back, mate, think twice, mm-hmm. and, and recenter yourself in yourself, but not as, you know, the focal point of what you're trying to do. Yeah. That's a very, very profound observation and reflection. Yeah, thanks. And look, it was difficult. I mean, especially seeing as as I've just, uh, you know, discovered with ADHD, I have rejection sensitivity disorder. Mm -hmm. So when anybody offers criticism, I take that as being, this is a personal attack on me. Yeah. Mm. When it's not, it's your friends actually saying, have you actually considered this viewpoint? Mm. I don't know if this is too difficult a question, so skip it if you want, but was there, is there something you can tell other people that are in that moment that helped you sort of move from making it, taking the criticism personally? Like, was there a, a light switch moment or something that helped someone said something yeah. or you thought about it a way that made you switch over and centre the issue instead of yourself? Understand that when people are criticising you, that... It's not because they hate you. It's not because they think you're shit. And if your immediate response to somebody saying, hey, what you're doing right now is an issue, is to then go, well, I'm clearly a bad person and obviously everybody hates me and I'm problematic. That's that's the wrong approach. That's Mm. the wrong approach because you're actually making yourself feel worse and Mm. driving the people away who care. Mm. Instead... Sit with your feelings, write them out, draw them out, do whatever you need to do, and then analyse them. Step away and analyse them and go, okay, so maybe the way I responded to this criticism or that one, maybe, you know, they've got a point that, you know, I should have spoken to this person and said what they said was incorrect on this particular thread or whether it's an in-person conversation. Mm. Actually, think about it critically and understand that criticism isn't conflict. Mm. It's just criticism. Yeah. And unless we have criticism, we have no progress. Yeah. So it sounds like slowing it down was a thing that yeah. helped. Not, not responding immediately, it. sort of waiting yep. a little bit and, and hesitating to respond to sort of make sure you, you've sort of collected everything in your head and you're yep. ready. And if it's centred around online, 
issues. Mm. Like if 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 because social media is hell for this. Social media is inherently divisive. It's how it makes its money. Mm. Yeah. If if you've posted something and someone's gone, actually, have you thought about it in this way? Have you looked at it from this perspective? Don't then continue to argue the toss on social media because mm. social me- social media is about reacting. It's not about responding. Mm. Take it offline. Call them, message them, and talk to them one on one, so that you can actually hear one another's voices or you can see one another's faces, because it's just two humans having a conversation as opposed to comments on a depersonalized thread. Mm. Yeah. I was also going to say another response that people can have, you, you mentioned sort of maybe the negative one, which is people think I'm not good enough, everyone hates me, all of that. Yep. Another response sometimes people might immediately have is, no, I am good enough. This is why, like, look at look at all these reasons, all these things I've done good in my past. Like, how mm-hmm. dare you say that I'm racist or sexist or whatever, because look at all these things I've done. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure, like, that's not the same as what you were saying, but I just, as you were talking about it, reminded me that that's another thing that I see often from people is they try yeah. and prove their worth as a way to defend the criticism exactly when the criticism like they, isn't about them. And I was just wondering if you had your yeah, thoughts on that as well. It's the same thing. If you think that you need to put your resume up to um, avoid a conversation about something that someone's brought to you, mm-hmm. then you're clearly in an emotional place. Mm-hmm. And if you start demanding somebody else's resume so that they have to justify what they're saying, mm-hmm. you're not in this for the right reasons. That's that's a very egocentric um, mm-hmm. way to approach things, to sit there and go, well, look, I locked down at this uh, logging coop and I occupied this slaughterhouse and I've spoken at all of these festivals. So who are you to say that what I said was a problem? Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. not helpful. It's egotistical. That's a great way to put it as well. Like yeah. thinking about it in something as simple as like resumes, you know, it's like it's not yeah. relevant for And that makes it all about you when it's a resume. Well, like it makes it, it clear. It? it is about centering um, the person. And I know in your wonderful book, which I should have mentioned, Five <laughs> Essays for Freedom, a political primer, you do talk a lot about um, the activist um, identity and why that must yeah. die. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to die this, you know, for two main reasons it needs to be gotten rid of, the, you know, that, that separation from society, you know, that elitism that comes with it. It's like, I'm the activist, everybody has to support me and my activism, mm. so everybody else has to work and donate to me so that I can be the best activist on the face of the planet. Yeah. But also because it's not healthy for you. Like, when you become so entirely consumed by activism... You don't get a chance to breathe, to eat, to sleep, to to actually just be you, mm. and it's it, you know you depersonalise from yourself, and it's so unhealthy, and you burn out. So it's good for you to to really surrender this idea that I am the activist, and yeah. it's also good for the social um, setting where you know you don't have people who have to do the labour to support you, so that you can put the things on social media or be the person yeah. standing on the stage. Yeah. Such a salient observation, Christy. I think, um, and this reminds me of what I, or, or is a segue into what I um, see as very individualistic approaches to yeah. advocacy, which mm. doesn't really resonate with me. But also, really, I, what what I feel is kind of right wing veganism, and a lot yeah. of that is about um, the promotion of self. Um, it's it's still about it's. 
it's absolutely about mm. capitalism. It's about yep. consumption. Um, you know, it's about social media, what likes, did you say? follows, Christy. popularism. Did you say popularism, Christy? Yeah, yeah, I said popularism, yeah. Mm. That's um, right. You know, this idea that, you know, we can focus around the, the one identity, the one person, and then, um, you know, all they have to do is chuck out a couple of three-word slogans every every couple of days, and we all go, yay, the solution is here, we'll go buy a plant-based burger. Like that. Yeah. 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 And there are some well known animal rights activists who have pretty much Mm -hmm. said that, you know, we're we're eating um plant you know, vegan burgers, you know, towards liberation. And I thought, ooh, I'm not sure where that's come from. I mean I mean let's just look at you know, from a purely statistical perspective. So when I went vegan oh Jesus, was it twelve years ago almost? I can't remember actually, probably eleven or so. Um Back then, the the figures for land animals slaughtered in Australia per annum was about six hundred and fifty million. And mm. in my time as a vegan, you know, we've got now huge options for cheese and for burgers and sausages and tenders, and you know, we can go to most fast food outlets. Mm. Um, and you know, the proliferation of the plant based food market is massive. But twenty twenty three, the chicken flesh industry alone is projected to be um, slaughtering over 750 million chickens. Yeah. That's just chickens. So we've gone from 650 million land animals to 750 million chickens. In a decade, pretty much. In a decade. But there's all these options. Like, shouldn't that be going down? Like, isn't Mm. it that, you know, every year you're vegan, you save this many animals and and what... No, it's not working. It's not happening. And that doesn't mean we don't go vegan. It's that we look at veganism as the the ethical stance against that exploitation and oppression, as opposed to as the single solution to it all. Because it's so much more complex. There's more to the equation than just the numbers of what's purchased. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, should we take a break? What was your first song choice, Christy? Battlefield by Low Fidelity. Sound system or all stars? I can never remember that one off the top of my head. And this is one of my favourite songs. This is a song that I get pumped up to before actions, and you know, it just makes me feel like I can take on the world. Your construction smells of corruption. I manipulate. To recreate this air to go around saga. Gotta launder my karma. Gotta launder my karma. I said hallelujah to the 16th royal 
Maxim, Ceramus Viss,
Trans Family is a not-for-profit organization providing a peer support group for loved ones including parents, siblings, extended family, and friends of a trans and gender diverse person. Trans Family runs discussion groups in person and online. We offer a safe space to share your experiences, ask any questions regarding your situation, and provide peer support. We are especially keen to hear from loved ones in regional and rural Victoria. Donations to Trans Family are tax deductible. For more information, visit transfamily.org.au or look for us on Facebook. Trans Family is a 3CR supporter. Solidarity Salon, home of Radical Women and Freedom Socialist Party, has moved to Reservoir. We are a socialist, feminist bookshop and organising centre eager to collaborate with a diversity of optimistic rebels. All gender identities welcome. We're at 113 Spring Street Reservoir, near Regent Station. Drop in or get contact details at socialism.com. Solidarity Salon is a proud 3CR supporter. Welcome back to Freedom of Species, the radio show that brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. Before us, that track was Battle Flag by Low Fidelity All Stars. And if I haven't pushed a wrong button, hopefully we still have Christy on the phone. Are you there, Christy? <laughs> I think I am. Am I? Yes, you are. <laughs> awesome. This Excellent. is going well. Excellent. <laughs> so we're talking with Christy about total liberation and... We want to now move on to discussing what it actually means to be a consistent ally, to be an ally to people within other social justice movements who are fighting for a range of issues um, that we all should be aware of and that we should we should care about. I do want to make a content warning here because we are going to talk about the um, events with a recent visit um, by a UK person who goes by the name of of Posey Parker. So I do want to say that, you know, we are going to cover issues of um, transphobia and bigotry, police violence and fascism. So, um, you know, just, just know that. I do also want to mention a couple of support services that we will put in the show notes as well. So for anyone um, who's experiencing, you know, distress after these last week and it's, it's been absolutely fucking awful, there's a number of support services that I want to mention. So there's Rainbow Door, which you can access at rainbowdoor.org.au, um, Q Life, which is at qlife.org.au. There's also Switchboard, which is www.switchboard.org.au. And, of course, there's um, Lifeline, so Lifeline um, Australia. Anyway, I think um, we do need to talk about uh, what's happened um, across the country and and, um, with Posey Parker. So if we start with what happened last Saturday um, in in Melbourne, I (laughs) hope I'll be able to sort of get through all of this. It was the most horrendous show of bigotry, 
fascism, protection of neo-Nazis and police violence that I've ever seen in my time. Yeah. Um, it absolutely rocked me to my core. Mm. It upset me so much that trans and gender diverse people need to hit the streets to fight for their right to exist. Mm. I think that anyone who cares about others, humanity, needs to step up. We all need to do more. We need to step up. Um, Definitely. I, I, I just, I'm being so incredibly inarticulate, but I, I will um, also put in our show notes the statement of concern that Melbourne activist legal support have put together. Um, I was actually a legal observer with them that day, so we were very, very close to police, obviously observing police, obviously talking to the police commanders. We were told their main priority that day was to keep um, the two groups apart. The way they chose to do that was really heavy-handed and was with um, excessive force and also the use use of um, mounted police. But also very yeah. targeted too. Very, very targeted. To just very, very targeted. Yeah, um, yeah I, 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 can't, I don't think I can even put it to words what I witnessed, to be totally honest with you. It's incredibly distressing. I was crying distressing. at home as I was watching the live. Like I was sitting yeah. here at home just in tears watching it, hearing people's commentary and the, the sheer frustration and the anger and the fear and the just all of this awfulness that was being you know broadcast and you're just like what the hell like yeah yeah on, on and on our streets there were yeah. neo-nazis there for over an hour who were zikiling and saying heil yeah. hitler and, and then that, stood on the steps banner. of parliament with these transphobe trash mm. and were, were seemingly welcomed. I mean, you, you could yep. imagine that they were potentially invited despite yeah. the protestations that they had no knowledge that these people were going to come. And the police did nothing. They did nothing. Well, that's the thing. Like, even if they didn't know they were going to come, they didn't do anything after they did arrive. That's yep. right. So it's just as that's bad. Right. And in fact, since, since then, it's just been a cycle of denial from... From that mob, they've been, you know, the, the let certain women speak talk mob. Mm. There's all just been either denial that they welcomed them mm. or it's been denial that they were even neo-Nazis. Mm. You mm. know, I had one person um, I saw saying that they weren't neo-Nazis, they were plants by Dan Andrews. And the proof of that was <laughs> a blurry photo that purportedly showed two neo-Nazis holding hands. But no, they're actually just standing close together. Um, but that was their their evidence that they weren't neo-Nazis at all. You know, and you're just like, hang on, this was filmed live. Mm. We saw it happen in actual time. Mm. We saw members of the, the Let Certain Women Speak protest mm. um, or their rally. We saw them posing in front of them. And, and having selfies. I, I saw yeah. some of those people high-five these neo-Nazis. Yeah. I saw them standing on the steps of Parliament taking selfies with them, which they all deny. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're just, what? <laughs> yeah. like, how can you deny what you actually did? And, I mean, 
if you're in an event, if you've if you've hosted an event, if you've put together an event, and people like that turn up, you've got the power, you've got the microphone, you've got the stage. Why would you not even say anything? Just say something like, we've noticed there are some people in attendance that we would rather not be here or mm. that are doing gestures that we find offensive. There was none of that. Yep. They didn't, like, that if you're not going to mention any of that, I don't know how they've got a leg to stand on. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, they don't to begin with because Posey Parker, of course, has done multiple inter- interviews with yeah. white ethnostatists and neo-Nazis. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she... She is affiliated with them. Whether she, you know, no matter how much she likes to swear and stamp her her feet and go, "No, I'm not. No, I'm not. You lied." It's like, well, no. Well, she, hang on. she had otherwise. A, she had a photo with one of the Proud Boys. I mean, yeah. Sorry, like, <laughs> and stand with fascists. You're fascist too. Mm. Mm. There was a small contingent of neo Nazis rocked up to her rally um, in Auckland. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so right. It's a, yeah. It's a repeat pattern. It's a repeat pattern. So we're assuming a lot of the listeners will know a lot about what happened in Nam, Melbourne, for people who don't know. But um, what about Christy? What did you see in what? What's um? What is the uh, correct Nip- name for Hobart? Nipaluna. Nipaluna. Yeah. Um, we actually had the complete opposite experience, um, and you I think awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, God, I'm I love Facebook live stream. Back. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the next day I couldn't speak, but. Essentially what happened was um, there was a, a, um, an NGO that, that were going to hold a vigil um, a, a called right. Equality Cars, and their idea was a, a very quiet, passive vigil, which I, and I completely understand why they wanted to do that. It was this idea that you do not fight hate with hate. So instead of the counter-protest, with, a silent vigil, exactly, being there know, right next to them in present. Songs and, yeah. Yeah. And we got there, and a lot of people felt really disaffected by this because we'd seen what happened in Nam. We had mm. seen the scenes all across the country of, of what was being said by these people. And, you know, it, it cut deep for me personally because I am the mother of a non-binary tra- trans child. Mm. Um, and these people are saying that I'm a groomer and a pedo and mm. a child abuser Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I'm supportive of my child. And my child is very happy for me to talk about them, mm-hmm. by the way, yeah. just, just to let people know. Um, so so it cut very deep for me. And we were there. There were a lot of people, both allies and trans people and gender diverse people, mm-hmm. who were so frustrated because there was 20 of them setting up as the um, Posies lot setting up. And we knew what they were going to be saying. And we were being constrained. We were being told that we weren't allowed to go over there and even stand mm. around them silently. Yeah. Wow. And so what happened was there were about 500 to 600 people who turned up for the vigil, which was fantastic. And the vast majority of those went, bugger it. So at one point, <laughs> a bunch of clowns appeared out of, just off from the side oh. of Parliament lawns. These, <laughs> these young clowns just... Po- Popped up out of nowhere. You mean literal clowns, suddenly, like dressed up as li- circus li- clowns? Literal dressed up as clowns. Right. And they they went over to to where Posey Parker's mob was set up and just started dancing around them and laughing. Oh, and, beautiful. And literally clowning about. And that was sort of the, the call for the rest of us to go, you know what, that's where we're going. <laughs> and so for those who aren't familiar, Parliament Lawn sits in front of Parliament House, but there's sort of Parliament House, a car park, a small stairwell and the lawns. 
And so when there's protests and rallies, people use the steps um, in front of the car park. And that's where, of course, Posey Parker and her lot were. Mm. So the clowns were dancing around them and suddenly they were surrounded by a good few hundred of us. Mm. And we had whistles and we had signs. And then the shouting started. So it started off with pathetic turnout because, (laughs) yeah, just over and over again, because half of her lot were um, these women who wanted to speak about how dangerous and awful specifically trans women are. It's like, okay. And then the other half were basically their male handlers and filmers. Yeah. And, so they really didn't get anybody. Not None of the actual high-profile neo-Nazis from Lutruita, Tasmania, turned out. Mm. Like that's how low-key her event was. Mm. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of that, and then the yelling started, you know, and I started yelling too, as, as many people might know from watching the live stream. <laughs> but I took my cue from people around me, like from the trans and the gender diverse, especially youth, that really led that, that momentum forwards. And we just started yelling stuff, you know. Some of it people might consider went too far with, with the language, some might not. I don't know. We're talking about people who are trying to, you know, call for the genocide of, uh, of my family and my, my community. So it's like, no, 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 no. And eventually they were so drowned out and so frustrated that the police weren't stopping us that they moved up the stairs into the car park and at the front of Parliament doors itself. And mm. the police moved up and tried to obstruct people from going up the stairs, but they were really, really lax in what they were doing. They really weren't trying to stop us, you know? Mm. So we just went around the sides and entered the car parks from either side um, and mobbed them from either side. <laughs> mm. As we're doing that, a young woman who was um, standing with um, Posey Parker's group started asking to speak. I would like to speak. I would like to know why you affiliate with Nazis. And as a result, she was actually assaulted um, by one of Posey Parker's lot. They grabbed her and pushed her and shoved her. Um, It was was all on camera. It was all live streamed. Very much an assault. And so we've all grouped around. And by this time, I'd say there were a good 400 people. So there's 400 of us in a horseshoe, there's a line of police, and then there's them. And the shouting was just so loud. And mm-hmm. people were, you know, chanting, and they were singing the angel song, you know, am I ever going to see your face again, <laughs> with the proper chorus, you know. <laughs> and then some people were just shouting little random snippets, and I was like, you know what, my kid's here with me, so my, my child, my beautiful, beautiful Um, child, they were with me because they wanted to be there and they were old enough to be there. Mm. And I knew that they loved a good swear and a good bit of (laughs) humour. And so that's what I brought to it. So that's when I started yelling things like, eat my shit, actually, no, eat a whole bag of shit. Or, you know, (laughs) you're so small, your feet are so tiny, you're a tiny-footed turf. You know, just these, these random silly things and they were howling with laughter and they were joining in. They got cautioned by a cop for swearing too much and <laughs> oh, just I stared the cop down. Yep, it was hysterical. <laughs> like, I, I looked at them and I'm like, I hope they're not about to cry. But then I realised that they were just staring this cop down. Um, but all throughout it, the cops didn't stop us. There was only one or two moments where they had to intervene because somebody might be getting a little bit too ahead of themselves. 
Mm. And they couldn't get a word in. And Posey was having a shit fit. <laughs> you know, you're just jealous because I'm rich and have a big house with no mortgage. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, she was really, really shown up for the, the Tory trad wife. Oh, she's a grifter. Yeah. Let's be honest. Oh, she's an absolute grifter. So it was actually really positive, And so she had to be ushered out by police. Mm. They had to um, create a corridor for her. Mm. Um, but she took all the police and her security detail with her and left behind the organisers, these supposedly old, frail, vulnerable women. But they left them all behind to pack up all the gear themselves and cart it out of there while she ran up the road. And I mean literally was running up the road on her tiny turf feet <laughs> and was bundled into a car by, by her security and then driven off. Hmm. Um, so, it, you know, she was supposed to be there for two hours, you know, start at 12.30, end at 2.30. She was packed up by 1.30, um, so she was shut down. And then, um, of course, there's, you know, Louise Elliott, who is a Hobart City councillor down here, and she um, is deeply, deeply transphobic hmm. and recently shared a letter that was sent to the Examiner newspaper that was proven to be false, accusing a trans woman of coming into the women's toilets at an aquatic centre and exposing themselves to children, um, which was proven false. The editor of the examiner was actually um, fired for publishing it. They've mm. since retracted and published an apology that Louise Elliott hasn't. So I did a bit of a one-on-one yell because um, she was up the road, went up and had a good old yell at her about how she's a liar and that she doesn't deserve to be in... Um, you know, public representation because she's not there for the community, she's there for herself. Mm. Um, so there was lots of that sort of little little pockets of that happening everywhere. But yeah. overall, everybody came away from it feeling really good. Like most people came away feeling really, really good. Mm. There's been some criticism from the community, like this is not what we wanted, but it was predominantly trans and gender diverse youth-led yeah. And we yeah. all followed and supported them. And it was, yeah, yeah this wonderful feeling afterwards. And yeah. then she headed to Auckland and we all saw how that ended. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So, look, I mean, we could talk a lot more um, on this topic, but unfortunately, yep. you know, on this show we have limited time. But what yep. I really <laughs> do want to end this segment with is part of a really wonderful blog written by um, Sally Goldner, who is a friend, really great friend of the, our show and she has her own show, Out of the Pan, um, every Sunday and she wrote this wonderful blog um, entitled Moving Forward and I'm going to include that in the show notes later so people can read it in full but I really want to just read out part of um, what Sally said because this is so powerful. Enough is enough. We need to do more than stop hate. We need to promote genuine, far-reaching respect starting now. We also need more people in the broader community of cisgender people to not just be allies to trans, but to make sure they talk to other cisgender people and strengthen allyship overall while being guided by trans people. Mm. Trans people are resilient. All the same, we cannot carry the load ourselves and nor should we be asked to do so. We need more Australians to write to Prime Minister Albanese and urge him to take the actions mentioned above, please read the whole blog, 
To quote Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph in the world is that good people do nothing. Good people, we need more support for trans people. We need you to act and now. Thanks, Sally, for sharing this with us all. Yeah, thank you, Sally. That was great. That's that's just beautiful. It's it's the Mm. idea that we don't need allies, we need accomplices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I would add, when trans people ask us to hit the streets... We need to hit the streets. Mm. We yep. need to and be there and be present. Cancelling things that we've wanted to do. Sometimes that means, you know, putting on mm. hold things that we want to do. It's it's about, you know, sometimes you've actually got to put others before yourself. Mm-hmm. You've got to listen to them and you've got to take direction from them and you've got to make some sacrifices because, by God, the community's made enough sacrifices already. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to take okay. a quick break yeah, with a song. A what was the next yeah. song you'd chosen, Christy? Was uh, ich liebe by Rammstein, and I apologise for my hideous pronunciation of, of German words. Um, I just I love this song. It's got a really good um, beat to it, but it is about dysfunctional children growing up to be dysfunctional adults who reject love.
PX Fano is a Pacifica LGBTIQ podcast providing a platform for Pacifica communities to unpack and discuss the narratives and the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Presented by Pacific X, a collective that celebrates Pacific Island LGBTIQA plus communities and meaningful connections that honours cultural and gender identities. You can catch the podcast series on your favourite podcast platform. Supported by 3CR and funded by the Victorian Government Multicultural Communications Outreach Programme. For more information and to hear our podcast episodes, go to 3cr.org.au forward slash pxfanau, spelt P-X-W-H-A-N-A-U. North Preston Life Saving Club is a new creative space, gallery and studios run for and by queer artists with disability. They're currently taking applications for studios and membership with priority given to disabled, queer and BIPOC communities. They'll be running workshops, holding community events and showcasing works by local and interstate artists. The North Preston Life Saving Club crew are seeking assistance in getting up and running and they need your help to get three-phase power to run equipment including a kiln to find out more and to show your support for independent creatives please visit their facebook page north preston lifesaving club north preston lifesaving club is a 3cr supporter Get up. welcome back to freedom of species that was ramstein with vasik lieber or something similar if you can speak german which i can't um we should hopefully still have christy on the phone I think I'm here. Yes, you're here. Yay. Hasn't Marvelous. stopped up. It's been great. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Yeah. We've, we've, it's been an understandably you know, heavy show with a lot of content. Yeah. But um, just quickly, I wanted to mention and, and have a quick discussion with the, the two of you as well that um, in case – I'm hoping there's not many, but in case there's a couple of listeners out here who might be thinking, well, what does all this have to do with animals? What does all this have to do with – my animal advocacy or veganism, um, I guess my immediate response to that is, well, there there are known animal advocates, activists, vegan people who were present at these rallies on the wrong side. They yeah. were supporting yeah. Yeah. the, the anti-trans messages. There's been photos of these people shared on social media. Um, so they are present. They are participating in this. Mm-hmm. And it's not a one-off. We've also, I think a lot of people might know that there was a lot of blowback towards Andy Medic that became personal and targeted towards his children who are Mm -hmm. queer. And that came from vegans and non-vegans alike and a number of vegans. And there are a lot of people. So I, I guess I just want people to know that you can't be neutral when this is happening in your spaces, in your communities as animal advocates, as activists, that are going out there and we're, we're creating communities. We're trying to, to be the change that we want to see in the world. We have to be right on top of it and have a zero tolerance to these, the, these ideologies and these views in our movement because yeah. we, we can't, it, it's, it's just hypocritical and it's, it's inconsistent if we're going to think that it's okay if they do one thing because it's for animals, but nothing else that's about other people or even other issues. I just wanted to see if Christy or Carolyn, you had anything about that. Oh, boy, do I. <laughs> I mean, 
So with some of the things I've done where, you know, you're in dangerous situations, like I have never locked arms with a person in a protest situation who doesn't recognise my humanity. Mm. Um, so the idea that I could then lock on with my arm locked to somebody who is a transphobe who espouses the idea that as a supportive parent of a non-binary trans child that I am these awful things that, you know, these people call people like me and mothers like me. Like, that's a dangerous situation to be in when you're dealing with, you know, workers in those environments, when you're dealing with police. I can't trust that person and they don't see me as a human. So what what it does is it really splits and fractures movements Mm. so that we can't have the numbers on the ground that we normally would because these people and the people who defend them are saying, no, you're not human, and are saying that to not just people like me but directly to trans and gender diverse people and saying, no, you're not safe in this movement, and so yeah. then these people don't want to be a part of this. Mm. And you can't, you can't blame people for going, no, I'm not going to be part of that. You guys are awful. Yeah. And yeah. You know, with Animal Liberation Tasmania, um, the vast majority of the people we've worked with over the years have been gender diverse, have mm. been LGBTQI+. Plus. Yeah. Um, you know, we really, really would have nobody you know, working with us if we were like, oh, you're a transphobe, you just keep it to yourself when you're working with us, but you know, in your personal life, go, go crazy. Like, no, <laughs> that's mm. not how it works. Yeah. We're out of time. Really sorry, Christy. We literally have seconds left. So thank you so much. We are out of time. It's been amazing. I know we didn't even get to talk to talk about what we need to talk about, which is how we deal with differences. But we need to get you to come back another time if you would. (laughs) Yes, we've got to to wrap up. Rotations is coming up next to give you some music for the afternoon. Um, We'll be back next week with Freedom of Species. Keep listening to 3CR. Thanks so much, Christy. Thank you. Bye.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.